streetlights, the unsung heroes of our cities. As the sun dips and the city's streets are plunged into darkness, you can almost always count on the glow of streetlights to provide a sense of safety until you reach a final destination. Yet with over 230 million streetlights around the world in use every single night, the total energy consumption certainly adds up. In fact, roughly 40% of a city's total energy costs can be tracked back to its streetlights. For this reason, streetlights have become the entry point for smart city technology adoption and will continue to be the source of innovation for cities around the world. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake. And in today's preview, I will be talking with Stelios Kutrabinas, CEO of Mizon, a company that enables the digitization of information from a city streetlights to its water meters to effectively save energy and enhance sustainability for all. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Stelios. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And of course, as always, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for joining us yet again. I'm really happy to introduce you to Stelios Kutrumbinas, who is the CEO of Mizan, a company driving energy digitization and sustainability in cities by using integrated telecommunications technologies. So Stelios, Tell us a little bit, how did you enter this world uh, of, of digitization and, and what is it that motivates you? Hi, Mike. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, it started uh, back in 1996 when I was about to finish my PhD. It was the time that uh, a U.S. company called Atmel uh, decided to start uh, a division in Greece. And uh, I was the managing director of this division. Atmel was doing uh, silicon. It's a silicon company. But our, our group here in uh, Greece was doing communication products. It was uh, uh, Wi-Fi just in the beginning. It was still a draft in 1996. We did a, a project here in Greece, and then we take it to production. Then we work with Bluetooth Voice over IP. We was doing chips, reference designs designs products for the the world market our customers many tier one uh, companies like hp cisco uh, very big uh, companies worldwide and doing products for them gave us the know-how gave us uh, a, a lot of knowledge how to do products so mm -hmm. this is how it started it was more a telecom but uh, about 10 years ago i decided to switch this to energy. So 10 years ago, we start looking how we can take all the experience we had doing products uh, for consumers, because we used to do consumer products, things that they were uh, sold worldwide, and we wanted to see how we can transfer this to energy. And this is how it started. And we had our first prototype when the Department of Energy came out with a challenge and said, how they, they are thinking of a submitter. 
And uh, by the time I saw the, the challenge, I saw that our product was 90% there. They were describing my, my product. So I applied in this challenge. And uh, through this challenge, uh, we ended up being the only company, according to what they say in their uh, website, uh, that meet the specification. This happened in 2017. The, the announcement from the Department of Energy saying that Mizon is the only company that meet their specification, how to do submittering and buildings. And why this is important? Because they say if they manage to save 2% of the wasted energy uh, in federal buildings, this would, uh, would be 1.7 billion savings annually for the U.S. economy. So this was the beginning. This is how it started. And then after we did this, we started doing more things. We increased our portfolio. And now I believe we have a, a very interesting portfolio to face the challenges of today, which is much more, especially with the energy crisis because of the war in Ukraine and all these things that are happening around us. And, you know, I do know that, um, I mean, certainly we're all familiar with the energy crisis and, and it's a crisis on the production side, the consumption side, the waste side. Um, and we're all very familiar with streetlights, right? It's what provides us safety and security, or at least the sense of that as we navigate our, our towns and city streets. There are something, something like hundreds of millions of streetlights in, in the world today. Um, and there are tremendous um, consumption of energy. Um, what is it that, um, it, why is it this, how big is this problem, I guess, is the right question. Especially today, and especially in Europe, the problem is even bigger today. And for the next few months, it's going to be much more uh, worse. Let me tell you how, how I start thinking of, I was looking around, I was seeing projects coming out. Everybody was facing uh, the change from normal lights to LED as a very easy investment. You do the investment, you save a lot of money, and that's all. We had a, a thought to make it more useful. So we said, let's take the light, which is over there just to dim a light. Let's take the controller and make it more clever. Let's mm -hmm. make uh, this controller collect information from other things around the line. And what can be this? Waste management systems, water meters, energy, uh, electric vehicles, uh, weather, climate conditions, everything. So we said, let's do it like this. And we were very lucky. Why? Because I show our products in one uh, company that manages 3.3 million lights. EDP in Portugal is managing all the lights of Portugal except Lisbon. So we start talking to them and they gave us the spec. They gave us how you manage these lights. And they had a very few interesting things. Zero installation effort, uh, profiles, uh, costs, everything that you need to manage the lights in the city. And we came out with a product that I believe is a very unique product for every city because it was driven by someone who knows what are the problems and how we should fix them. So I believe now we have a solution. They, it is already deployed 
in 19 cities in Portugal. And recently, right now, we work with uh, a region in Greece. We are going to install 12,500 lights in western region of Greece, which will be our first big project uh, in Greece. And we hope that this will uh, be used in many other places. So I do know that cities uh, have a, it's about 40% of their energy cost is, is just to lighting our streets. I mean, <clears throat> and one of the things that we at Leading Cities have talked to cities about is the fact that, as you point out, one is a conversion to LED lights, but a, a major component of that um, capital expenditure to upgrade the lights is the labor. Right, it's about putting somebody in a truck, sending that truck out to this location, having them climb up the pole, however they do that. Once you've paid for all that labor, you wanna maximize the the impact you're having with that investment. And, it, and certainly switching to an LED light um, helps reduce costs and energy consumption, but it's a wasted opportunity if you only reduce energy costs and consumption. I agree. That's why we also, as I said, uh, we want to, to collect more information around the poll, which covers actually the whole city. There is one poll every 15, 20, 30 minutes maximum, uh, meters maximum. So yes, you can cover the whole city. We have added, we have two interfaces. We have a mesh network to get data around the poll and we have a mobile operator network to, to transfer this data to the cloud so you can uh, collect this information and do extra things. And I believe with the, sub, with the technology that we got, with the information we got from one of the biggest uh, operators in cities, this zero installation effort is coming to address exactly this point. Zero installation means you only take the light, the controller, you put it on the light, and then the light can turn on and off the light without doing anything, just in five minutes or less, it will find where it is, it will know when is the sunset, when is the sunrise, and you don't need to do anything until you connect it to your backend. The lights will turn on 15 minutes after the sunrise and will turn off uh, 15 minutes before the, the sunrise, sorry, the sunset and the sunrise. So we try to minimize all these extra costs and all this uh, information as I said, because we work with uh, very uh, knowledge of guys exactly for this problem, how to manage the lights of the city. So I'm going to ask a couple questions from two different vantage points. For the average person, you know, regular citizen, um, what what is the benefit? Why should why should they care about this opportunity for a city to work with Mizan? Because I believe we can offer them a very interesting product to solve the problem, which is, OK, I manage the lights and I do other things. One thing that makes uh, it something we are working now, we add one camera next to the light and we know if there are pedestrians. So if there are pedestrians, you increase your lighting. And if uh, uh, the pedestrian is out of the, of the view, you decrease it. So you can have 70 percent. You, you can work when there is no one around at 30% your lights, and you go to 100% only for the time that people are around. So based on all these things, you increase the savings, but with the best 
quality of service for your for your citizens. You they you they see that you care for them and you get the best result out of it. And then what is so let's assume you know I'm a city official I've decided that this is the right way to go I'm gonna truly you know uh, future proof and and uh, uh, make my city more sustainable what does it actually entail to to install and, and run a meson system you need the controller you install the controller on top of the light uh, of course you change you do all the changes there is a platform behind this that collects the data and of course this is the next thing the most information you have the more the, the most accurate it is the better results you you may have because today we may just do a few things, but as this is a device that we can always extend and add functionality, we can make it a very powerful tool for our uh, for our customers. So I believe that uh, we have a very big background how to do embedded systems. We take the most out of it, and I believe there is nothing we cannot do based on what our customer needs. The smart city, the major. The, everybody who wants to solve problems, we have all the know-how, it's internal IP, and we can make it available to them. And of course, we can optimize it based on what they need. I think this is the most powerful thing. We need to work with guys that they know the problems and we try to solve them the best possible way according to the, the state-of-the-art technologies available today in the market. In terms of communication, in terms of embedded system, we try to optimize everything in this uh, thing that is called embedded system and we try to make it uh, as powerful as possible. So last question because our time here is going by way too fast. Um, you know, and I ask this of all of our guests thinking 10, 20, 50 years from now and every city is running its its street lights and, and other sensors on the Mizon system. What, what does that mean? What does it mean for the individual in a city? What does it mean for the city? What does it mean for the world? 50 years is too much. I, we don't know the technologies that will be available in 50 years. I believe in five or 10 years, uh, cities will change a lot uh, in what they do today. They will focus a lot on their citizens. They will try to give them a lot of... Uh, uh, feedback. They try to to optimize the resources because resources are going down. Uh, there will be less water. There will be expensive energy. So you must save as much as you can so you can give to your citizens extra things. So digitization of the information is coming. There will be a lot of things that we don't even think today because we have this digital, digitized information, many new things will come up as applications, as services for the citizens and always will try to improve the life of the citizens. I really believe that many things will happen because of the digitization that is coming. Industry 4.0 is about digitization. All this will be transferred in our everyday, everyday life. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, the world is changing rapidly and part of our, all of our responsibility is to make sure the changes that are, are happening are 
securing a more sustainable, more resilient future. So, Stelios, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, you and the whole team at Mizan are doing. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today on Preview of Tomorrow. Thank you very much, uh, Mike. It's a very nice discussion. I hope uh, I, I was able to show this to people. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.